you guys should meet my date. Why, she's just lovely, isn't she? She must really like you, bud, going out on a Sunday and all. Look, you morons. This is not another imaginary date. I was going to turn on the TV, because that's where you'll see her. Thank you, thank you. And hi, I'm Adam Golden. I'll bet my natural mother's sorry she put me up for adoption now, aren't you, Mom? <laughs> thank you. Anyway, welcome to You Can't Miss, the show that guarantees that one of our manly contestants can't miss. So let's meet the guys. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a whoop No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. My name is Al. I am the poor man's Howard Stern. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm joined by Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie. Get zoops, I'm losing my short-term memories. Your memories? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Dan. Michael Myers. Yeah, right. Ooh, wow. I recognize that guy, dude. And it's funny <laughs> yes. that you say that because I was like, what is Paul Rudd doing on here? And then I remember thinking that that guy was Paul Rudd doing a cameo because he was in Halloween 6, and it wasn't. Right. There's all yeah, okay, we'll get there. But <laughs> uh, we're reviewing You Can't Miss, Season 7, Episode 17, original air date, February 21st, 1993. Oh, day after my birthday. Woo! Director Amanda Burse. So we see Marrow Children through her eyes. Mm-hmm. Writers Joel Valentenkick and Scott Zimbler. Special guest stars Bill Maher as Adam. Chantelle Dubay as Candy Lipinski. Matt Winston as Eugene. Brian Lechner as Henry. Allison Barron as Tanya. Kayamalis Buduk <laughs> as Betty. It's Kayamalis. It really is. Ron Evans as Rodrigo, and Tiffany Sloan as Carol. I thought that was Craig Sheffer the first time we see him. <laughs> I thought it was Zorro from uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. That was a good episode. So, yeah, this episode, Bud goes on a dating game for nerds. Pretty simple. Mm-hmm. You've seen dating shows before, but you've never seen one like this. Okay, Bud, how many times have you had sex? With actual people? Will Bud's bachelorette choose him? Look where I am, Dad. Or the hunky Rodrigo. I choose Rodrigo over your mother. Mary his children. An all-new episode next. Peg, it's getting kind of late. Shouldn't you be getting to bed? I'm not going to sleep without you. We haven't been to bed at the same time in ten years. And you notice we haven't had any more children in 10 years. 
so I must be doing something right. Honey, just because we had kids doesn't mean you were doing anything right back then, either. Oh, you're sexy when you neuter me that way. Oh, come on, Al. We could have fun going to bed together. You know, doing those things we used to do. Like you rubbing my tushy till I go to sleep. Oh, that's what we can do, honey. Oh, come on. My tushy is yearning for you. I want to be rubbed by you. Just you and nobody else but you. That's a call back. Remember she said that she can't go to sleep or she had Al do it before she goes to sleep or something like that. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, her tushy rubbed. Yeah. (laughs) Peg is singing, I want to be rubbed by you and you, nobody else but you, which is I want to be loved by you. It's a song from 1928 for the musical Good Boy, and most people know that as Meryl Monroe's famous song. That's how I know it, from uh, Some Like It Hot. Have you guys seen Some Like It Hot? Yes. That is by far Meryl Monroe's greatest movie ever, right? I haven't seen it in probably about 10 years. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to revisit that one, though. I have the Blu-ray, and sadly, I think I only... Dude, as a kid, I used to murder that movie, but uh, for some reason, I don't know, like, once I I hit my, like, mid-twenties or something, I I don't really watch it much, but I, when the Blu-ray came out, I knew I loved it, so I bought it, and I think I just forced myself to watch it once, but I really got to revisit that. That's so... It's really, really good. Yeah, and I think that happens a lot, though. Uh, certain movies just get phased out of your life, not because you don't like it. You know, you probably probably like it even more now. But I'm just saying, like, there's so many movies out there. I mean, we there's just so many options between streaming sites and, and new this, shows that, and the to watch. Thing. Oh, that's not even touching on TV, right? Which is right. all cinematic now. So, so it is tough, and it, it's kind of sad when you think about when, yeah, certain movies do get phased out and, and stuff like that. But it's also just as good too when. When you do get to revisit, when you find it and say, I haven't seen this in forever, put it on, and it's fantastic, you know? That's what I'm hoping for with this. I'm going to watch it in the spring. (laughs) Hey, I wouldn't rub your tushy if Robin Williams popped out of it and offered me three wishes. (laughs) You know, we talked about Robin Williams and Aladdin a couple episodes ago, uh, the Christmas episode. Remember that? Well, I'm not going to sleep without you. I don't understand any of this. I don't get the goal of why Al is staying up to all hours of the night till 3 a.m. And Peg decided, well, I'm not going to bed if you don't. And I thought it was pretty extreme to say it was 3 a.m. Am I missing something? Like sometimes when I take notes, I might start writing something and miss a line that uh, may be important. I mean, it doesn't happen really often, but... Did, what, what's the joke here? What am I missing? You know, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I, I was trying to find a motive for it. And the only thing that I could think of is kind of a, a vague, general, just clinginess that Peg has just to irritate Al just because he can't have anything, you know? Like, so if he wants to stay up later or go to bed earlier or whatever, no, he can't even have that. They got to go to bed at the same time. So I just got some kind of general vibes. Like, I just kind of equated it to that. 
But at the same time, I could have easily been missing something as well. <laughs> he, you know, she talks about, you know, they could do things and maybe there's that whole conversation about having kids and maybe he's afraid she'll attack him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Peg, I'm, uh, I'm a little worried about you. You look exhausted. Now, did you have those lines in your face this morning? It breaks my heart. Peg, you look a hundred. Now, why don't you get a good night's sleep and you'll wake up looking not a day older than my grandmother. Oh, my God, we stayed up till dawn. Hey, why are you two up at the same time? Oh, I know, don't tell me. Bud had a nightmare, and he crawled into your bed, and he went potty. <laughs> Honey, Bud is 20 years old, and it's Saturday night. Now, you know very well that he's fast asleep and has been since 8 o'clock. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Al, did you go in and turn off his flashlight? Yeah, I don't want to stick my hand under those covers. <laughs> How he gets to bed that early, I have no idea. Even even the biggest loser would watch TV till 10.30, right, on Saturday night? Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. Like, 8 o'clock? Like, no. That's just depressing. Yeah. Well, how the hell is Bud 20 years old already? He was 19 in the season premiere. I don't know what's going on with, with the age thing, but... So, um, it's 3 a.m. Everyone comes home. Kelly comes home. Bud comes home. Let's just keep it down. You don't want to wake him up. He'll come down and want to talk about his problems. Hey, Bud was out on a Saturday night. How'd it go, son? Oh, Bud. It's 3 a.m. You must have something to tell us. Yes, Bud. Tell us of your travels in Lonely Land. <laughs> Well, aging maritime toy. I went where all cool guys go. I headed over to the Chippendales parking lot and waited for the horny old ladies to come out. Then I took off my shirt and started gyrating under a lamppost. Did you get any, son? Yep. A face full of mace and a spinning back kick to the groin. Um, now that's a pretty good idea. Like It is. I thought so, right? Right. When he said that, I was like, man, I wish I thought of this. <laughs> but the clientele that goes to Chippendales, I'm not sure I'd want. I mean, I suppose there could be sexy young girls there, but I doubt it. So, um, in my 20s, I'm not sure this would have really panned out. <laughs> Dude, I, it made me think of this story. Like, this literally happened to me one night. So... I uh, I we met up with these with these guys that I knew from high school, and you know we were all drinking at a bar, and he wanted to go to this other bar because specifically it was like the, according to him anyways it was the right time to do it, and there were a bunch of older cougars, and dude he was talking about it all night like he was on a mission, dude. Sure enough, lo and behold, we get to that bar, and there's just a bunch of <laughs> older, sloppy women at this point. You know, it's it's oh, like sloppy. 11. <laughs> slur- I know you like them extra sloppy. So it was like 11, 12 o'clock, and it was ridiculous. I was like, wow. And it was very apparent that, that <laughs> they were trying to make things happen. 
before before it closed at one. And and that's what <laughs> it made me think of. I was like, you know what, bud, probably if that's what you're looking for, then uh, it's definitely possible. Well, he was with his teacher, so. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, Jamie, did you ever go to, like, male strip clubs and then get all worked up and no. be more inclined to? <laughs> no? Okay. I went to one once because it was a friend's bachelorette party. Yep. God, I hated it. I I um ended up going over to the girl side and watching one of the girl strippers <laughs> and giving her money because here's the thing. This was at the Cornet Club in Atlanta, which is known for having male and female strippers. The male strippers had these huge stages with like all of these like middle-aged women and women who were getting married and just, you know, the people who were there for events, you know, like they would plan their event and they'd go there and they're just crawling all over the place. They're screaming, like they're all into it. And like when you first get there, you go into this little room and then the guys will come up and they like, um, cause there's this whole like weird alcohol policy. So mm-hmm. they would come in and like pregame, I guess with you or whatever. I just, I, it, it is not my thing. Like I just, that, that's not my kind of guy. I'm not interested. I don't think it's hot. Get away from me. It's like <laughs> basically <laughs> get away from me with your oily self. Like I don't want it. So, um, when they're all like going nuts, I wandered over to the other side of the strip club where there was one girl performing and she had one old drunk guy watching her. And he wasn't, and he wasn't tipping her, and she was working her ass off. Like she was climbing up this pole and flipping upside down, and I mean, she was really, really putting her all into it. So I gave all my money to her. I'm like, you go, girl, you're working it. And she wasn't getting any attention. I'm like, this sucks because these guys, <laughs> they're not doing anything. They weren't doing anything. You know, they, you know, they didn't. They weren't. I don't feel like they earned it, but. It's just like here, like with Rodrigo. Yeah. No, thank you. I would rather go. I would rather go to the islands with Bill Maher. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then that old guy introduced yep. himself as Neil Lamoy, <laughs> and that's how Alex started his show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody knows Trip Chippendales and Male Strip Club, and I'm surprised that they did their own thing with Troy's in Married with Children in season two with uh, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. They went to Troy's, and that's where Marcy met Zorro. So um, places like that became what they were because of places like uh, Chippendales paving the way. They really were um, pioneers, I guess. You know, it became a thing after them. But uh, I think on the way down, I did manage to get a fistful of withered hiney. <laughs> Al, give Bud a high five. No, I can't do it, Peg. If I could fake it that good, we'd be upstairs right now. All right. Now, here's the plan. Bud will be home soon. When he comes in, we are going to pretend that it's Sunday night. That way, when he has no date, he won't feel bad. You know, because everyone stays home on Sunday. (laughs) Even cool people like us. (laughs) It's so nice of them all to go in on that, though, you know. Yeah, it really was. Well, that was kind of my biggest problem with the episode, though. Like, why are they try? Why do they care? Yeah, why now do they care? Right, right. Like, like because and and everything that they use against him 
you know, like everything that they used to help him rather is everything that they they've kind of done themselves to make him feel that way in the in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they, they almost instilled all this stuff in him and then they're like, all right, yeah, now we'll trick him and, and make him feel better. Like, OK. Yeah. Uh, and why make him feel better? You just saw him hit the bedroom with that chick, that bride of uh, Jimmy or whatever. His name right. Is, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. So he's doing pretty good, and he was with that other chick getting, uh, she was drawing pictures of him naked and stuff, right? Right. So, I mean, this isn't the time he's down on his luck, per se, so it's weird that they chose this as the time to uh, go all out for the guy. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like, don't feel bad for me, just stay out of my way. Right. (laughs) Look, why don't we just get him some starving third world babe? You know, like a mail order bride. If we stuff her with burgers, she might even stay for a week. I mean, how long do you really want one anyway? Why can't we just let it happen naturally? Some people are just late bloomers. I myself was a late bloomer. Well, whatever bloom must have got picked. Because I'm looking at some mighty arid country. Al, you're talking about our son. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was looking at him. (laughs) And and then Peg goes, we're talking about our son. And he goes, I thought I was looking at him. Looking at him. That's reminiscent of the Christmas episode when uh, he goes, "Uh, little boy. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were my wife. (laughs) (laughs) And also, too, um, Amanda Beers uh, directed this episode, too, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I noticed, too, like, she does get some fire lines in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, 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 personally, I personally liked Marcy in this episode, but uh, and then at the end when it said that she directed it, I thought that was cool. Al changes his underwear every Sunday. And everybody seems to know this, too, which is kind of creepy. Right? <laughs> got a dilemma. We're pretending it's Sunday, so theoretically you should be changing your underwear. (laughs) Or is this the week you turn it inside out and wear the clean side? He doesn't uh, say this isn't true, so. (laughs) Right? Yeah, he doesn't fight it. There's no debate here, so. (laughs) That's it. I guess that's what happens. So, uh, so Kelly uh, looks so hot in this belly shirt, low-cut top outfit going on. And again, coming home at 3 a.m., that's kind of reminiscent of the cool Kelly. And then she comes in and says something really dumb. Definitely very Kelly. (laughs) Oh, and then she thinks it's Sunday because Al's hand is down his pants, which I found strange. Isn't that his thing? Yeah, every single second of the day, right? (laughs) That was kind of strange to make that seem like the Sunday thing, right? Great. I kind of don't know if I like that. Um... (laughs) be at work how did i lose a day i must have magnesia what did gilligan do when he had magnesia oh my god i don't remember gadzooks i'm losing my short-term memories A weird, really weird and eerie line uh, Kelly delivers is that she thinks she lost her short-term memories, 
And it's like, ooh, because that's kind of depressing because she actually, as you guys know, uh, had breast cancer. And, and I think one of them. But she decided to get both of her breasts removed, Christina Applegate, um, to make sure that it doesn't come back. Like she was like, I am not dying. So she removed both of them in her 30s, I believe. Is you could just replace them with implants? I mean, you can, right? I don't want to bore anybody or freak anybody out, but there is like a there's a lot that goes into it that it's not it's not just a simple matter of like they're first they're gone and then they're there and then yay you know it's <laughs> yay there's a lot to it and it can be pretty traumatic. Um, actually, I will tell you this: I know one woman who had it done, and the process was so much on her that she ended up just she couldn't finish it. So now she kind of looks like a Barbie doll. Ooh. Oh, wow. I mean, there's nothing. Like, I, there's... What do you mean, like, Ken, though? Because Barbie does have... Uh... No, I mean, well, there's, <laughs> there are no nipples. Oh, no nipples. Oh. No, it's just right, right. Smooth, smooth skin, like a Barbie. Oh. Okay, I think we should change the subject. <laughs> it's getting a little creepy in here. That's Besides, look I'm at all these doing. girls here. I hate to picture that when they take those things off, there's no nipples under them. <laughs> Bud's on to them. What's going on? The old let's convince Bud it's Sunday to mask his shame routine. <laughs> well, Dad, before you hurriedly change your underwear, I think you guys should beat my date. Why, she's just lovely, isn't she? <laughs> she must really like you, Bud, going out on a Sunday and all. It's so funny, like, no one's there with him. He says, and he just stands there silently. After he says, I want you to meet my date or whatever, he just stands there. So everyone's like, uh, what? And Peg's the greatest line ever. Well, she's just lovely, isn't she? <laughs> and then then Marcy goes along with it. Then Jefferson chucks him a condom. And Bud tries to catch it and drops it. <laughs> yeah, where did Jefferson get that condom? And why does he have a condom? Does he use condoms with Marcy or is, is no. he cheating on her then? There's a, that's what I'm saying. There's no reason for him to be carrying around a condom. The only argument you could say is that they don't have kids and never do, so maybe they do use condoms. But using a condom with your wife is just weird. Well, <laughs> yes, I yes, I would agree with that statement. <laughs> Like, if I'm dating you for, like, two months, that thing's out the window. If you, if these people have been married for two years, and I, I find it hard to believe that they he straps one on every time they go at it. Two months? I'll give it two dates. I know. I was just being really – I was trying to act like I'm a real gentleman. Actually, I tried to convince him, at, like, in the first moment. I'm like, you know, it would be so much better without this. I know. Even the two was a stretch. It is such a shock that your dick hasn't fallen off yet. <laughs> well, I guess now you're married. So. Yeah, I never will now. I got I got away with it in my lifetime. <laughs> Look, you morons. This is not another imaginary date. I was going to turn on the TV, because that's where you'll see her. He had it bad for Ginger, but now he likes Marianne. <laughs> Hush, fossils, and watch. Well, he says this is not another imaginary date. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he turns on the TV and the TV show, you can't miss. 
is on. Of course, the moment he gets, he turns it on. (laughs) Which apparently you can miss. And and that title is so misleading because you have two of the three guys that don't get to go on a date at all. And then as we see through Bud, there's no guarantee that you're going to score just because you do go on the date. Right. So you're still going to miss. (laughs) Now you just get to do it in front of 20 million people. (laughs) And you know that's going to (laughs) happen. Thank you, thank you. And hi, I'm Adam Golden. I'll bet my natural mother's sorry she put me up for adoption now, aren't you, Mom? (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, welcome to You Can't Miss, the show that guarantees that one of our manly contestants can't miss. The host of You Can't Miss is Bill Maher. Yay. Everyone knows Bill Maher, right? Comedian, political commentator, known for Real Time with Bill Maher, which is still running since 2003. And uh, the similar late night show called Politically Incorrect, which is where I know him from. And that ran from 93 to 2002. So he, he moved on to real time from that show. Love that show. Smoked and... a joint with Galifianakis on stage. <laughs> <laughs> he also did uh, one of my favorite documentaries, which is uh, Religious. Oh, okay. okay. Well, he's... he's he... If on IMDb, he's known for being an Iron Man three, <laughs> the campaign, yeah, the documentary from two thousand eight. You know what's funny? The moment he walked on stage, when I was watching this, I said, "Craig, what's on?" And then Brian's like, "You're just saying words." And I was like, "No, that's the guy." And then as we got closer to him, I was like, "Oh no, that really is Bill Maher." <laughs> <laughs> yep. Definitely was. <laughs> yeah, he was in the movie House 2, The Second Story, which is the worst. This is his only Married with Children appearance. He was in Roseanne as Bob in 1993. So he did both of these shows, the the shows that battled each other. He did them both in 1993. Wow. You just made two, two Scream 2 references as well by referencing House, The Second Story, and then Roseanne. Was Metcalf in that one? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, she was in Scream, yeah. Yep. So this game show kind of reminded me of um, How Do I Love Thee? Remember that one where Al and Peg, it was like a game show? It it was about two couples. It was like newlyweds versus married couples who've been married for like 25 years and who, you know, uh, who would uh, do worse things to their spouse for prizes. <laughs> oh, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, like who loves each other more, depending on who would hurt the other one less, and who would win. So, and you the know, like, couples like I can't do that to you. I love you. Yeah, Mona Squaw, who was Al Bundy's real life wife. So let's meet the guys. Now remember the rules: only guys who've had sex two times or less are. <laughs> How can we prove it? Well, where do you see him? <laughs> anyway, let's meet our first punkies, a crossing guard from Skokie, Illinois, Henry Futterman. <laughs> Henry, tell us how many times you've scored. Once. <laughs> okay, once. All right, let's meet our next hunk. He's a movie usher from Baraboo, Wisconsin, Eugene Smelt. 
Eugene, tell us how many times you've done the deed. One and a half, Adam. <laughs> but I'm not sure about the one. <laughs> okay, Eugene. So Eugene and Henry, uh, these guys were really great, and they were perfectly cast for this. So one's name is Brian Lechner. He has 45 acting credits. He's known for The Rookie, Seinfeld, X-Files, and House. Not the horror movie, the uh, TV show. Mm-hmm. This is his only episode of Married with Children. The other guy is Matt Winston, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew I recognized his uh, his face. He, he kind of looked like Tiny Tim to <laughs> begin with. I was like, what's going on here? But uh, sure enough, yeah, he's one of the cops in the beginning of H2O. Oddly enough, that's what he's known for. And he had, what, like five lines? <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. But I loved that opening, though. Like, that's such a classic opener to go into the opening title sequence, I thought. Right, Michael Myers. Yeah, right. Close the door. Yeah, dude. Like, I just I just love that. That's one of my favorites of that whole franchise. So it's kind of a big deal. Oh, yeah, because your thing is Mary uh, Children, uh, Halloween H2O. Yes. That's like your favorite Halloween besides the original, right? Yep. Absolutely. He was also in uh, 90210 in the year 2000, so at the end of the show. I, I, thought, he, I thought he was Paul Rudd. He kind of looks like a weird version of Paul Rudd. Uh-huh. And that's who I thought he was. I thought he was doing a cameo in Halloween H2O because he was in Halloween 6 and that has nothing to do with the rest. So I figured they were doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for years, you know, back before the Internet started and, and you talked to anybody and you really paid attention to credits. You're just a kid watching this stuff. That's, that's who I thought he was. <laughs> He's famous for Little Miss Sunshine, Jurassic Park, 1993. Oh. Artificial Intelligence, 2001. Yeah, all right. So he has a real career, 109 credits. When I say that these two were cast perfectly, the same cannot be said for the actress who plays Candy. (laughs) She wasn't a very convincing airhead. Mm -hmm. Just doesn't come off as easy as the host says she is. Um, So I don't know what approach uh, Chantel Dubois took in in playing this character it didn't fit though um what do you guys think uh i felt something similar to that yeah uh maybe not i, I didn't see it as clearly as you did but now that you say it uh, yeah I, I agree with that for sure i can kind of see you i yeah i can see your point but i didn't put any thought into it at the time yeah um well she's not a real actress she was in three things so it was rush week and martial law. <laughs> she was a price. She was one of Bob Barker's girls in The Price Is Right. She was a model. Yeah, Barker's beauties. Barker's beauties. Yeah, that's, that's who she was. So she really doesn't know how to convey anything, except just stand there, which is all she really did here. Well, I mean, she could convey where the refrigerator is and where the sofa is <laughs> and is a opens. brand new car <laughs> a brand new car yeah she has a lot of navigational skills i guess she <laughs> 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 it's it's over there yeah i got that goal for me which is nice yeah and i guess she she came off as bitchy i guess that's something yeah but it's not really a big deal it didn't hurt this episode at all Agreed. Agreed. 
And our final He-Man is an A student from Chicago and the only one of our hunks who still lives at home. Bud Bundy! Okay, Bud, fill us in. How many times have you had sex? With actual people? <laughs> Two, Adam. Wow. <laughs> On the show, they actually believe that. Welcome back to the show, and now it's time to meet tonight's luscious tramp. Say hi to Candy Lipinski. Hi, Candy. It's great to have you with us. Yeah, right. Now, the rules to our show are as easy as candy. After a brief question and answer period, Candy will have to select a date from among our three stallions. Now, for you first-time viewers who may be wondering why a woman like this would want to go out with one of these losers, the answer is very simple. We give her $1,000. <laughs> and next week, after her dream date, she'll have the opportunity to go to Bermuda with either one of our three nerds or our very own Rodrigo. Which is like $2,000 at this time. She gets a trip to Bermuda with one of these losers or Rodrigo. Uh, the hunk from the show. Now, then they have Rodrigo coming out, which I suppose he does every week because it's he's like the regular there. Now, Rodrigo is played by Ron Evans. He's a sound department guy. Yeah, on a lot of stuff. Ton for The Simpsons. Oh, really? Yeah, from 2010 to 11, like 30 episodes, he was a sound guy. Production right mixer. On. Nice. Yeah, so he's not really an actor. He kind of just did that um, for this. Um, he was in Seinfeld as a bodybuilder, Baywatch as a bodybuilder, <laughs> and just this episode. What did you think about him, Jamie? Is he the epiphany of, like, hunk, um, or is it just way too typical and cheesy for uh, for you? Yeah, not my thing. No, like I said, I would go to Bermuda with Bill Mark. But I would not go with Rodrigo. Okay. Okay, Candy, it's question time. Now, what is your first question? Number one, how would you build the perfect woman? Uh, let's see. Uh, she'd have my mother's eyes and my mother's breasts and my father's... Yucko! <laughs> Number two, I already have built the perfect woman. Out of gummy bears. <laughs> you want to see? Uh, number three. Well, Candy, as far as I'm concerned, you are the perfect woman. And I'm the perfect man. So let's say we cut the preliminaries and create the perfect simultaneous big O. <laughs> well, Candy, what do you think about that? Can I see Rodrigo again? <laughs> <laughs> Like, that did not phase her at all. It's like, yeah, it's great, loser. I love how they didn't even lower the curtain. Like, when they went to him the second time, the curtain was already up, and he was just ready to go. He's just ready to keep posing. (laughs) Almost like she's not the first contestant to do that exact same thing. (laughs) Right. Oh, man. Yeah, like... You know, this whole setup, though, uh, I felt was kind of... Not odd, but it really did put kind of the spotlight 
on the fact that Bud isn't a loser, like at all. Like like they depict losers, I think, you know, and nerdy guys and, and weirdos that haven't gotten laid. Uh, those were those other two contestants, hands down. You know, and I and and I understand that that they want to kind of give off this vibe, or the the Bundys do anyways. But I I never really bought it. Bud seems to do pretty damn well for himself. Now, if you're talking about closing the deal, yeah, maybe he blocks his own shots and gets in his own way. But we've seen him many times pull many chicks. So I I just I still don't get. I don't know, just like I said, it kind of puts a spotlight on the fact that, no, Bud isn't a dork at all. He's not a nerd. And and I, and and like we've said before, I even contest the number that he gives <laughs> in terms of how many times he's been laid. You know? So it's well, like, and then it, the, the whole like, family is looking at him like, really, he is, well, they believe that on the show. I right. believe it's more. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. So maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's serious when he said that to the family. Yeah, I don't know. But it seems like, yeah, it's it's cool for the family. But then, you know, to rag on Bud, because that's what they do. They all rag on each other. But at the same time, you put Bud up against two actual dorks. And it's like night and day. And, well, of course, nah. he's going to say something. What? No? No, nah, I, I used to agree with you. But remember how we cited what was it, frat chance when he made that frat in his garage? Right. Remember how we said, look at Bud trying to come off as the cool normal one and like always, you know, like, and, you know, be the guy who's, you know, informing everyone what we're doing next and, you know, kind of the guide of the whole thing. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but dude, these girls are coming in and you say, let's get in a position and you get the honk thing going. Like, that is not cool, bud. Like, if you're trying to be cool, that's not it. And then I agreed with you here. When these two first talked, I was like, why is Bud even here? He doesn't fit. And especially when they they uh, turn the lights on to show all the contestants. <laughs> right. I right. said, it doesn't make any sense. Bud's not like these guys, right? All of a sudden they go, bud, how many times have you had sex? What does he say? You mean w- with actual people? <laughs> like, come on, dude. <laughs> Like seriously, that that's you being cool, really? Yeah. That's what that's your game. That's what you do on national television. I used to agree with you, but he keeps it's his mouth that gets him in trouble. Okay. So and and you know what? I I will totally agree with that. But if that's the case, then then the writers are just off with the consistency of of him going off screen with all these girls like what are they doing like like we've seen it so many times and then he alludes to it right after several of those times where we i remember we talked about that we were like this is irrefutable proof that that you know like how could this be misconstrued as anything else but but having sex and then he says you know with people too you know so it's like so so it's so I know what you're saying. Yeah. So maybe he is he is a he is just bad, but we've seen otherwise as well, and it contradicts that. So that's why that's why it's a thing, I think. So maybe it was the two times he had sex with that chick, the the bride. Maybe that's really <laughs> the only times he did it. I don't know. That means we're out of time, so it's decision time for you, Candy. Now, they ask this one question about building the perfect woman, and then we're out of time, they say. 
at a time. The show, like, that's it? It's time to pick a date? You get one question. One question, right. Like, what the hell is this? Weren't you thinking we're going to get this whole yep. game show thing? And then I was thinking as I was watching the rest of the episode, well, what did they fill the time with instead? I do know what took up most of the time of this episode, and I want to pose to you guys if it was worth the sacrifice, the trade-off. Ooh, and that means we're out of time, so it's decision time for you, Candy. Who's it going to be? Hunkarama number one? Number two? Or number three? Number three. Yes! Candy, meet your date, Bob Bundy! Dad, look where I am. They turn the show off, and then he, they all look at him like a total loser, and he goes... Like I give a damn what you think. <laughs> I've got a date with her next Saturday night, and you'll be with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Loved it. That was really good. But uh, David really knows how to deliver those lines, man. He really does know how to make it breach the potential of the line. Yep. So Kelly comes running down the stairs looking super hot in that waitress uniform. Like, I don't know what it is. I think it's like the pink with the black shoes and the pale skin. It's just <laughs> hot, right? She's a hard worker, too. Like, I, I think as fans, too, um, just because of the inconsistencies of this show, anytime that we see consistency, like, oh, yeah, she's still working there. That's even that's even more of a turn on, too. We're yeah. like, yes, that's the, I know that restaurant. Yeah, I know. The, I, was, I saw that episode. <laughs> yeah, we think we're kings because we, we know what the hell's going on. <laughs> If my boss calls, for God's sakes, don't tell him I forgot what day it was. I don't want to get a stupid rep, you know? It's not good for my image as a waitress. So, yeah, Kelly still has the job from the episode Kelly Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and she'll have it until Season 8, Episode 4. Oh, okay. So enjoy it while you can. I don't think that's necessarily a bad What about 7? Definitely not in this episode again. Doesn't he? Doesn't he come back, though? Uh, he comes back one last time, guys. One last time. Next week, we review the final episode of Seven Bundy, if you want to call him that. How about that? One episode. And guess what? It's amazing. And you know, it, the the episode itself is? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, dude, you're going to love it. Is it because of the kid? No. Or his <laughs> departure? Nope. Oh, wow. <laughs> So it's so it's not even like we're happy that he's leaving. Like he's that irrelevant that we still don't care. <laughs> There's no formal goodbye that I remember. I certainly don't. I love it. As much as I've seen this episode, I could say there's no formal goodbye. You know what? That's perfect. That That's perfect considering how he was brought in and how he's been handled the entire time. If now... They decide to give him a big bon, bon voyage just because they feel bad. I think that would be a little off. 
Well, it's funny you say Bon Voyage. They're on a ship next week. Oh, really? Okay. Do they throw them off the side? To make them walk the <laughs> plank. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he's fish food at the end of the episode. <laughs> nice. So, um, Kelly invents the calendar. Or she's never heard of one. I, I really can't decide. <laughs> you know, I wish somebody would think to write down all the days in a row on a big piece of paper so you know what day it is. <laughs> Maybe even put the month on it, you know, like like a calendar or something. <laughs> but she says the word calendar amongst all this babbling. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what that was all about, but that was interesting. That was almost like a like this joke is too dumb. <laughs> like she says, she's really like she's like make they should make something like this, like a calendar. <laughs> I'm like, you mean a calendar? <laughs> yeah, I mean like like a calendar. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so stupid. I loved it though. Yeah. So it's Saturday night yet again. Alan Pegg stayed up on the couch all night for days. Apparently, like, what does that mean? Every single night. They just sat on the couch all night and then woke or stayed up and then went to work the next day? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I didn't like that. I thought that was just, that's a little too cartoony for me and not much of a payoff. Like, I, I, I'm i not getting this whole thing. I don't know. It seems weird to me. And it seems to not really have, at this point, not much of a purpose. I think they just didn't have anything for them to do. Yeah, right? That's kind of the answer here, right? Does it come off as like there's... Well, I I almost feel like too structurally the setup isn't even that great. Like, again, you bring up the fact that it's it's kind of vague as to why they're doing it in the first place. So it's like, well, what what are we doing here? And yeah, you could go like the sex angle, I guess. But that doesn't really make any sense. Why? Why is this night or these nights rather any any different from anyone before that? So that's right. not really consistent. So yeah, you're right. Like okay, if you want to apply it to like real life, I snore very loudly. So like it's so, so so if we decide to do that, it's for a purpose. Like hey, I'll let you go to sleep and actually fall asleep before I get to bed and, you know, cuz if we both go to bed at the same time, I'm going to be snoring and she'll never go to bed, right? That's where my mind went with it. So so past that, I didn't really think too much about it. It's a, it's a strange secondary and tertiary story arc going. The tertiary one is has more payoffs, and and they will they're coming now actually. So, well, this one was the in tertiary because maybe she, he just didn't want a rubber booty. Yeah, maybe the the tertiary <laughs> one should be the tertiary <laughs> one. Let's switch it around. Let's make believe the mixing of the days came first. <laughs> right, exactly. Kelly thinks it's Sunday, and here's where this all starts paying off. <laughs> This has been the worst Sunday of my life. (laughs) And Wednesday, which I thought was Tuesday, was no picnic either. I'm telling you, something's up. It's Sunday, but I saw the mailman. So I picked up a newspaper, said it was Saturday. I got suspicious. So I went to church. Nobody was there. (laughs) Which makes me think I'm right. It is Sunday. 
<laughs> and did you hear the audience? They almost didn't know how to react to that. Like, yep, guys, relax. No one's mocking Christ himself. You know, they're just there. It's more of a, a commentary on the fact that the audience for church gets less and less every year. Of course. Right. No, well, and I'm one of those people, too, that, um, you know, like, I'm not religious. I don't go to church every weekend and anything like that. You know, I think, though, now it's like you look at it in 2020 and just everything that's happened with all the church scandals and all those type of things. I think that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> people should be less offended, uh, you know, now than they were even back in the early 90s before all the stuff came out. All you had were newspapers back then and news channels. Now it's like everybody's letting you know every time something goes wrong in a church, you know? Right. Uh, so it's filled with so much scandal and deception. And then you see like that dude. Who's that preacher dude with the, like the billion dollar? Joel Olstein. Joel Olstein. Like, listen, I'll be honest with you. Tiffany plays him sometimes. And I think he's really good. He actually does say things that are kind of inspiring and things that probably are would help you in life. But, like, of course, you don't remember them a half hour after it's over and you can't apply it then because of that. (laughs) So it's kind of all pointless. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like with the field he's in, he shouldn't have billions of dollars. It just seems kind of... uh, shady right i mean can you well and on top of that remember when when (laughs) remember when that weather came in i forget what it was it was either flooding or something and he wouldn't open his doors (laughs) that was him right (laughs) and then the next day when all the media called it on him he was like oh yeah no of course our doors are open yeah joel joel But I mean, I'd take I'd take the uh, pumping iron documentary over Joel Steen any day. <laughs> oh, wow, you know what that is, dude? I used to watch Pumping Iron like almost every day for. I know that's why I said it. Oh my god! I guess I got to watch it again because I'm back into bodybuilding actually, so yeah. I have to do it. Yeah. And yet, Meet the Press, which I watch religiously, wasn't on. Kelly watching Meet the Press religiously could could we have a worse person deliver that line <laughs> like i'm sorry who who wrote this we named the, 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 those two guys we mentioned they never wrote anything else right <laughs> i don't think so have they watched any episodes why would kelly watch that when garfield's on <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah i was trying to i was trying to decide whether that was a commentary on people that watch meet the press like kelly represents you know like basically dumb people watch that show oh or just the fact that it was out of character for her and i could totally see kelly watching something like that and be like "Uh uh-huh i get it (laughs) it went over my head i think you nailed it right um so meet the press is a weekly news interview program on nbc it's the longest running program in television history and uh, specializes in interviews with leaders in Washington, D.C., all across the country and even the world. It goes on issues of politics, economics, foreign policy, other public affairs, along with panel discussions that provide opinions and analysis. So it's just it's something that you just can't imagine Kelly's watching. So 
Uh, yeah, unless Dan nailed it, then it's just a stupid line. <laughs> yeah, I I always looked at Meet the Press as um, signifying like you know metaphorically and physically like the end of childhood because it always came on uh, you know after cartoons because uh, I believe you know she says yes it's Sunday but I believe now they do it um, Saturday too it, or it, and if it's not Meet the Press it's a show very similar to that. So that would always depress me, like watching the X-Men, Spider-Man, Power Rangers, whatever, and then it transitioning to political talk. It was just like – it just killed me inside. Yeah, it's like Teenage Mutant Ninja. Ooh. Uh, right. It's so metaphorical too of life. It's like you go from cartoons to that. Mm. Nah, I think it stayed on cartoons. They're just people on screen now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. It's a giant conspiracy. You know, like, who killed that movie president guy, Jifk? <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Uh, that JFK movie came out in 91, so it was sort of uh, back in relevance again. You know, <laughs> yep. topical, so. The church, the feds, the networks, they're all in on it. But I'll get them. The same way J. Edgar Hoover got everybody. By wearing a red dress. <laughs> All right. Well, J. Edgar Hoover was the first director of the FBI. And he became a controversial figure uh, when evidence of his, sec- his secretive abuses of power began to surface. And, uh, like, he would, like, hold things over people and threaten them. He would even do it to presidents and stuff like that. I, I definitely know who he is, but how did the red dress factor... Uh, well, rumors that he was a closeted homosexual uh, have been rampant for years. Oh, snap. I didn't see that twist coming. Okay. Yeah, it was never corroborated, but the allegation of him cross-dressing was, like, widely known by everybody. <laughs> who... It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ, and I'm going to play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Marry With Children. I want to be loved by you, just you, nobody else but you. I want to be loved by you, alone, I want to be kissed by you, just you, nobody else but you. I want to be kissed by you, alone. I couldn't aspire to anything higher than to feel the desire to make you my own. I want to be loved by you, just you, nobody else but you. Hey, this is Aaron Duncan, and you are listening to the Married with Children podcast. There's nothing better for me than kicking back in the jiggly room with my friends Jamie, Dan, and Al while eating some weenie tots and looking at my favorite copy of Biggins. Can I get a whoa, Bundy? Well, I'm back from my game show date. Did you get any, son? <laughs> no. But I'll be getting plenty soon, because it'll be me and Candy on the Dandy Sandy Caribbean. All that's left is we have to go back on the show, and she chooses between me and that latent Latin Rodrigo. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, honey, I have been chosen to sensitively broach the question which is on all our lips. What on God's green earth would make you think that anyone, including your mother, would choose you over Rodrigo? I'd choose Rodrigo. And I'd choose Rodrigo. <laughs> Hell, I'd choose Rodrigo over your mother. Uh, would you choose Rodrigo or Bud? I would never choose Rodrigo. <laughs> no. What about those first two guys? Honestly... I actually liked Eugene. I thought he was kind of cute. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like he, he had a cute little sense of humor. Like when they when they first introduced him and he shined the flashlight on his face, you know. Oh, because he's a movie theater guy. Plus, he's like he's clearly going to be a movie lover, which is great. Yeah, I mean, I thought he seemed like a sweetie. Yeah, I could see being turned off to Rodrigo. Like it's obnoxious and nothing appealing. I could see that. I think most girls contemporary like girls of today or even I, I honestly don't know who would pick rodrigo like i don't know anybody that would really i mean there are some really shallow girls i know who club all the time so i suppose they would but in reality like any sane person that i know i i don't see them picking rodrigo <laughs> <laughs> right well and I, I guess the only thing I would say about Rodrigo is the cool thing is that, and it's ironic when in real life, he worked behind the screen, which is kind of cool because he doesn't, he doesn't use all that bodybuilding at all to his advantage in terms of his job. Now, now he just does all sound stuff. I, I, I think that's inspiring, you know. Yeah, he's wearing a sweater when he's turning those knobs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Well, then they get to a part where Rodrigo and Bud are on this rotating platform and it's spinning and and they're posing, they're doing the double bicep pose back to back. So it starts off with Rodrigo, then it spins and it gets to Bud behind him. And then right there you can see like a exact side-by-side comparison and Bud is like a foot shorter than this guy. <laughs> like, ugh. Now, I stood next to Bud. Uh, Christina P.A. stood next to Bud, and he is short, dude. So to to hire a guy like Rodrigo, uh, Ron Evans, to and knowing that he's that much taller is just all the more funnier. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, exactly. And now, welcome to You Can't Miss. Hey, this isn't supposed to be on tonight. <laughs> I'll just write them down in my conspiracy book. <laughs> Right after Robin Leach. Hi again, I'm Adam Gold, and we're here tonight to see something we've waited a whole week to find out. Who will huge knockered airhead Candy Lipinski pick for her pleasure cruise? Bud Bundy or our own beautiful Rodrigo? Yeah, there's a tough call, huh, folks? <laughs> Candy, haul it on 
out here for us? Candy, you make a lovely couple. Now, Candy, you remember Bud? No. Okay, Bud, good luck to you. And Candy, your choice, please. And then you and Rodrigo can be off to the Caribbean. Hold your lousy consolation prize, you poor man's Chuck Woolery. Uh, little did we know how funny the consolation prize would be at the time. And then he calls him a poor man's Chuck Woolery. Uh, now, that I found funny because when I saw this guy, I thought that he was the poor man's version of himself. <laughs> I thought he was the dude from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. <laughs> Remember the doctor? The Yes, yes. Yes. Who was with Nancy with the hypnosol? Craig was right. on, like I said in the beginning. Yep. Oh, is that what his name is? Okay. Yeah. And I thought that's what you were saying, but I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to say. Okay. Craig Wasson is his name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was when he came on, I was like, Craig Wasson. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that really is Bill Maher. Because we always call Craig Wasson the discount Bill Maher. <laughs> <laughs> I literally want to hear how funny that is. I wrote in my notes right away, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 guy, <laughs> thinking that that was him. Oh, And also not the only Nightmare on Elm Street actor to be in this episode. Uh, I don't know who she is, though. I think she's one of the chicks at the door later on. At uh, Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because I couldn't – I looking at her pictures and everything, I could not place who she was in the rest of the episode or anything like that. So so Chuck Woolery, what do we know about Chuck Woolery? Why is this guy the poor man's Chuck Woolery? Chuck Woolery was a game show host that had three huge shows. He did Love Connection, which was similar to – this is more like the dating game. You know, he did Love Connection, which was like you had three choices. You'd pick one, you'd go on a date, you know. So it, it had some similarities. And then he did Scrabble. Then he did Lingo, which was really fun. Mm. And he also has a whole bunch of kids. I think he's like Mormon or something. He's got a whole lot of kids. I always had a huge crush on him. He's like Philip Rivers. Love Chuck Woolery. And, um... I actually saw one time I was watching Lingo and there was a guy who had been on every game show that Chuck Woolery hosted. Oh, really? I thought that was funny. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, but he would, he would like every 10 years or so, he would just pop up on a game show and Chuck Woolery is like, you seem familiar. He's like, I was on Love Connection and then I was on Scrabble and now I'm on Lingo. <laughs> yeah, it is creepy. Dan's right. <laughs> He's like stalking him. Yeah. Did you guys ever used to watch Eliminate? Oh, my God, yes. Absolute <laughs> blind date as well. Oh, <laughs> no. yeah. How about Singled Out? Singled, I was just oh, about to bring that, that up, too. With yep. Jenny McCarthy and uh, the dude from the Rob Zombie movie. Chris Hardwick. <laughs> the guy from the front. I love how like, that's how Alex knows him for the guy from the Rob Zombie movie. It's Chris Hardwick. Uh, but, no, like... I I remember shows like that and singled out specifically being probably like the, the most fun, you know, like that show was so much fun. I never actually believed that, like, 
you know, whoever ended up with each other, like, I never wonder, like, oh, you know, like, follow them as much as, like, maybe some other shows, especially now with reality TV, the way they set it up. Oh, now you can follow anybody on their, any Instagrams or whatever, see if they're still together. (laughs) Dude, there's a new show on where people get married within, like, two weeks, dude. Dude, is it the show that my wife is, I want to strangle the television. Is it the one where you don't see the person for the, before you, oh my god. She, she's been getting all her friends to watch this. I'm like, don't do that to them. And, and, And you know what, you know what makes it a billion times worse? All the contestants on most of the reality TV shows nowadays are so self-aware and you know this isn't the first reality show that they've tried out for they're very that they're basically all actors because they get a lot of them from la and it's so rehearsed like i'm literally watching and i'm like oh i'm like these are all just people that are bad actors (laughs) And, and they're trying and they're trying to be you know themselves and, and real people i'm not saying that but they're so rehearsed and they're just saying the cheesiest line and i'm and we're laughing at their lines but at the same time like this guy will spit the dumbest thing ever and then the girl will just will just combat that and come back with something even cheesier i'm like what is going on like uh, anyways th- so yeah those type of shows They've spiraled so far out of control that you can't even call it like a game show anymore. Yeah, she just she just told me the show's called Love is Blind. Yes. Oh my yes. god. That is the Dude. bottom of the barrel <laughs> of reality TV. Uh, She's looking at me now. Hey, hey. I have something to say. Oh god. Alex walks <laughs> Alex walks by and sees this show and says what crap it is who would watch this how dumb are these people (laughs) meanwhile (laughs) this is basically us we met and literally within a week i was obsessed with him he was obsessed with me we already slept together and (laughs) it was like done deal for us after two weeks i i remember telling him i could marry you and he laughed and he said why do you feel that way i said i just could so I don't know. For me, I think the show is us. That's not us. It's really not. Here's what I'll say about this. Now, that show, that if they went with the real premise of that, then then all the people would not look as gorgeous as every single person agreed, looks on that show. I agree. Everyone was gorgeous. But I think the producers were a little smart in that aspect because they gave everyone a fair chance. <laughs> to end up with a hot person. In terms of, listen, we're going to put, maybe they'll do it again and they'll, they'll dabble a little bit, but I think they wanted to give their best chances for couples that would do well. Obviously, if they put a whole motley crew of people together, right. no couples would have worked out. Whoever put the show together was smart. Two of the couples are still together. Spoiler alert. Maybe you want to put that before I say that. <laughs> no, I just want to get out of this. <laughs> Two of the couples are still together and like crazy madly in love. Great. If they did, no, listen, if if they made the ugly people though and they integrated them in there, then that would prove the point of the whole show, which is, I think, you know, oh, love is blind. No, love isn't blind. People, People look at each other all the time and judge each other on how they look. Yeah, it's blind, but don't worry, they're hot. (laughs) 
exactly. Hey, but you know what? I still watch the show, whatever. It's the dumbest thing ever, but I love it. I mean, the one girl said she never dated. Okay, babe, we really we really before. got no, we really gotta start the show off. Alright, thanks for coming on, babe. We love you. Bye. If I talked to you through a wall, Bye. I would not have dated you. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> He likes Ninja Turtles. Oh, no. I love you. Uh. <laughs> oh, my head got so hot during that whole thing. <laughs> well, now we know that you slept together in the first two weeks. Yeah, isn't right? that great? I'm so glad she put that out there. <laughs> but hey, she, she, and she stayed with you, so that's something. There you go. Even though you look like Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I walked away. <laughs> My Mac and me walk. I was like, so, uh, did you enjoy that? <laughs> Your face got so hot. <laughs> As we're doing this, my head, I started, like, rubbing my forehead. I'm like, this doesn't seem like it's winding down. No, I've been, I've been waiting to have that conversation with the other side of, of the premise of that show, so I had to I haven't found it. I haven't talked to anybody face to face about it, so I had to. Well, maybe maybe their thinking is, or they like put it in the contract. It's like, look, you have to agree to do this, but we won't screw you. Right, right, right. Like, we're gonna make sure that you're not gonna get stuck with someone unattractive. And I, get, and I and I get it, and I get it, but it's just it's like it just the premise would be a, a dope ass premise. If they oh, actually, if, they, were, if it was straight up and and real and no, no, none of that. Yeah, I agree. It's less of a it's less of a social experiment now, to more of we just want to show with drama and and right. all this other stuff. So I get it. I get it. I just I whatever. No, you're right. It defeats the purpose of the <laughs> title, but you're right. Love is blind, but don't worry, they're hot. <laughs> 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 That's perfect, though. That's so perfect. Yeah. Don't worry. Now, before the lovely Candy makes her decision, I have something to say to her. Well, talk about the little engine that could. <laughs> well, go for it, big guy. But remember, no woman has ever not chosen Rodrigo. <laughs> Now, that's a badass reference because remember Al's book, The Little Engine That Could, that he didn't return to the library? Yes. The episode he thought he could, season three, episode one? Oh. That's known by many purists and just basically hardcore fans alike as the greatest Marrow Children episode ever. There's just something. I Just listen to the episode that we did. Maybe I I put my finger on it there. Every time I think of the little engine that could, I think of Thomas the Tank. What's his, what's it called? The blue guy? Thomas the Tank Engine, you got it. <laughs> is that him? Is that based on that? or? I don't know if it is or not. I, I don't know what the... Um... Anytime anybody ever says that, though, I just picture that. Because, I mean, really, in all reality, it's the only train I know with a face. So. Exactly. <laughs> I think of... Uh... Throw Mama from the train because there's a scene where Billy Crystal is on the toy train with his girlfriend and she's reading him the little engine. Or maybe they're in bed. Anyway, they're, at some point during the movie, she reads him the story, The Little Engine That Could. Oh, wow. Enough, crones. 
You too, Mom. Candy, this is all I have to say. Let's talk about women and the wrong choices they make. This is the wrong choice. And I'll tell you why. He'll treat you like dirt. He'll disappear for days. He'll lie to you. He'll cheat on you. Everything I would do if I looked like him. <laughs> but I'm here for the duration, baby. The best thing about me is, I've never had anybody as good as you. He has. <laughs> you know I haven't. And, and you don't have to worry about where I've been. Because I'm a two-timer less. It's up to you. Two minutes with the God who will dump you? Or a lifetime with the guy who will worship you as a goddess? Your choice is clear. It really came off pretty well. He, he delivered everything pretty good, pretty convincing at some point. And you, you kind of wonder, wow, I wonder if he uh, reached her. It's up to you. Two minutes with the God who will dump you? Or a lifetime with the guy who will worship you as a goddess? Your choice is clear. I'll take Rodrigo. <laughs> Enjoy your car wax, punk. <laughs> I'll take Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he goes, Enjoy your car wax. <laughs> and he was particularly nasty to Bud because what Bud said to him, you know, poor man Chugwa. So yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. like, Screw off, jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> Which was so, uh, it, it was so Bill Maher. I loved it. It was perfect. Yeah. yeah. Hey, who wants to see some of my car wax? I want it for making an ass out of myself in front of 20 million people. Cool, huh? But I can't believe it. You've got messages from girls, a whole bunch. Look. You were so pathetic on TV that you actually touched people. <laughs> Pretty girls all over town want you bad. Would you be? Would you have that reaction as a chick if you were like uh, twenty years old and you saw us on TV? Or would you pick Rodrigo? <laughs> we already, I think we figured that out. I would never pick Rodrigo. Now, I just want to make that clear. Honestly, I just don't have that kind of energy to go chasing after someone that <laughs> I saw on TV. Like you gotta, you gotta look them up. You gotta figure out where they are. Like, Oh, 93. God, I don't, I don't have that kind of time. So no, <laughs> it's like the same people who write to the FCC about the Super Bowl halftime show. Like how much time do you really have? I'm, I'm I guess you're retired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all these hot babes are at the door. They ring the bell. There's like f six girls there. One of them, is the girl you mentioned, Dan, from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. She was uh, the girl on the bus in the beginning opening sequence when he had that crazy dream. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, whoever doesn't know, is one of the greatest horror movies ever. It's it's debatable. A lot of people hate it. It's a fun 80s cheesy horror movie that I love. Favorite one of the franchise. She's in that. She's also in De Night of the Demons. She's Helen. Oh, okay, okay. More significant role. She was in the front seat with the guy with the pig nose in the beginning when they were driving around. Oh, okay. all right. Oh, okay. We're... Eat a bowl of fuck. <laughs> I am here to party. That's what the pig nose guy says? Yes. Yeah. I think I remember that, too. She's known for Patriot Games and The Other Woman. And this is her second appearance in Marrow Children. She was in the episode The House That Peg Lost in 1989. 
Oh. As Lauren. Yeah, just a chick on the couch. Nobody important. Um. Now we get to this homely girl, Kia Malise Budok. She's the girl with the glasses who comes over to Bud and basically pulls the same exact spiel that he pulled. I saw you on TV. Choose me. No. Choose me and I'll hurt you more than any of these girls. Wait. It's not just women who make the wrong choices. I think you're gorgeous. You're my Rodrigo. Choose me. She'll hurt you. I'll be good to you. She'll cheat on you. I'll be faithful. She'll spend your money. You can spend mine. (laughs) I'll worship you because I know how great you are, inside and out. What's your choice? Her name is Betty in this episode, like that matters. Um, And all she she does is voices for video games, believe it or not. And they're all this game backyard baseball. (laughs) I saw that, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what how you play that or what that's on, but... He played in the backyard. <laughs> no, it's a video game. Oh. <laughs> uh, and this is like 97 and 2000 and stuff. Like, it's, I don't, it's just weird. I think that's cool, though. I, I love voiceover actors and stuff like that. Like, I, I always find that interesting. I think that'd be a cool job. Be easy, too, you would think. You would think. It's great, except for when all they want you to do is porn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, baby, baby, oh, baby. (laughs) So Bud kisses this homely girl, and it looks like, you know, he's going to go for her and and go along with this. And as soon as he's done kissing her, he grabs the hot one and says, let's go. (laughs) So he's no better than candy. (laughs) That makes you go back and think about candy now and say, well... You know what? Maybe she's not such a jerk. Right. <laughs> exactly. So the girl he picks is a girl named Tiffany Sloan. And she was a Playboy playmate in October of 1992. She was the, uh, you know, centerfold chick. She did tons of stuff for Playboy all through the 90s. I think uh, the last thing she did for Playboy was in the year 2000 in Busting Out and California Girls. Now tragic ending for this young lady she committed suicide in 2008 november 1st at 35 years old she knocked back a bunch of uh pills and uh killed herself nobody really knows why it's not like a known thing but uh i don't know you know sometimes these girls they can't handle that they're not like hot anymore or don't get work anymore like they used to or whatever uh, I'm sure she was still hot, but I guess not enough to be working in Playboy at that point. So, time to rate. You can't miss. How many times out of five would you pick Rodrigo for this episode, Jamie? <laughs> Zero. Zero. I would pick Rodrigo. Zero. Oh, I thought you liked this one. However. <laughs> I do really like this episode. So because of that, I guess I'll have to pick them four out of five times. Wow. So you like the episode, but just to be clear, you didn't like Rodrigo. No. Okay. No, Rodrigo. 
<laughs> now, tell the truth. Did you know before we came to the nudie bar that did you say, I know he's going to ask me if I'd pick Rodrigo? Absolutely. Absolutely. I almost said it out of the gate. Um, but, you know, before we even got started, I, I could have included it with my name. Like, hi, I'm Jamie. And no, Alex, I would not pick Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> Preemptive swooping. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. I've been doing this with you long enough. Not just marriage, but <laughs> podcasting in general. I pretty much know. Uh, I, I can be ready for stuff. <laughs> She's like, okay, I have to prepare for this episode and to be on a show with Alec. <laughs> All right, Dan. How many times would you pick Rodrigo? Now, listen, Al would pick him, so you're you know, you're able to pick him, and it's okay, because he said he's not gay in the last episode, or <laughs> right. two episodes ago, right? So how many times out of five would you pick Rodrigo? Uh, Dan. A lot of the stuff that they did was was really great. I don't think that every joke w- was a home run. Um, you know, back backyard baseball home run. But at the same time, I really liked this episode like a lot. Um, it was just it, it flowed really well. Um, you know, even with us, you know, kind of highlighting the whole pagan Al thing, kind of whatever. Like it, it was kind of the weakest part of the episode, but I still really loved it. All the all the stuff that was great in the episode was really great, and I loved it. Uh, yeah, same as Jamie. Uh, I would, I would, I would uh, pick Rodrigo four out of five times. <laughs> I think I feel like it went by really fast when I was watching it. Did same, Jamie. Yeah, and I think that's important too because I think with, with these episodes, that's a sign where the the flow of it just it just it just seems like a fun watch, and you know you blink your eyes and like you said, then then it's over. It's funny you both say that. As I was taking notes today. It went by quicker than ever, and I took less notes than ever. I usually take six pages. In this one, I took three and a half. And here we are, over an hour into this. It's not like we had any less to say, right? I'll I'll say this in terms of podcasting, though, and I know, obviously, you guys know this as well. The lack of notes sometimes um, is due to, I think anyways, because... We we know where we're usually going to go with with most of these episodes, you know, um, with a lot of them, anyways. And I'm never not surprised that <laughs> that we have you know enough material to fill up a 22 minute long episode, you know, every week. Like I'm never not surprised because we it's just uh, you know we do it, and I'm like, oh wow, like an hour and a half, two hours long. But there's so much great stuff to dig into, so much dumb stuff to talk about in these episodes, you know, and and plus all the uh, personal stories that, you know, uh, stories about Jamie and her job. (laughs) Yeah, Jamie at work. There's an endless endless supply of those. So, um, no, I'm not surprised that we, we don't fill them out. I feel like I'm getting Jamie's resume every time we do a show. (laughs) (laughs) You're on the show. Uh, Yeah, you're already here, Jamie. You don't have to give me your, you know. You don't have to sell it. We hired you a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, That's great. So, uh, yeah, I give this a four out of five. I really liked it. If, If the secondary story wasn't so weak to me, 
that's obviously the glaring problem with this episode. It's the Alan Pegg staying awake thing is so void of uh, content is not the word or or importance or relevance. Like I don't know. I, I, I think I think it's just so vague. You know, it's so vague. Like I'm not sure. Yeah, why do I care? Why Why are we talking about this? It's not a specific thing that they're talking about. Like why? Even them falling asleep on the couch together. Why do I care that you don't you don't want to both pass out on the couch? Like what? I do it every night. Right. What are we doing? So I, I just, I don't know. I can't get over how stupid that is and how it's so irrelevant and so, it's such filler. And meanwhile, I would have liked to hear another question asked on the damn game show. They had nothing to give them. That's what it really is. And, and right. I feel like it suffered for that. But again, I don't let it really impede my overall experience here. So I love the Jefferson and Marcy stuff. Again, they are killing it in season seven. No seven. No seven is killing it in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> season seven is season. Yeah, season seven is surprisingly good. I all this stuff about how bad it is. Like I said, one or two episodes were clunky, but I don't. I don't see this whole thing about jumping the shark. Really, um, this has been great. This episode in particular, Bud going on a game show. I thought everything they did with that, all the lines in that show were great. All of the Bill Mars stuff was great. He did good. Bud was great on that. The family reactions were great. The whole premise, the him trying to win her over with the last line and then flipping it when it's his turn to do the same. <laughs> yeah. Scumbag. <laughs> That's really good writing. That's a well-rounded out show. Like, it's so predictable for Bud, too. You're just like, of course he did that. <laughs> but it's so well-rounded. It was so well done. I really appreciate the efforts of these writers, these two guys. Mm -hmm. Although some of the stuff was kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. that's uh... Now, Jamie, real quick. Two weeks ago, we released a show, and we release our shows on, you know, all the podcast apps, and we also release them on YouTube. That way, we gain more listenership when people on YouTube type in Married with Children or a title. Maybe they're looking for these episodes online. They will stumble upon our shows and become, you know, listeners. So, one guy on YouTube, his name is Old Enough, <laughs> he, he posed a question to you because... In that episode two weeks ago, Heels on Wheels, we talked about, you know, that whole thing with the transvestite and how Al was turned on by him. And then you mentioned how, you know, guys think that if there's gay guys in the locker room, like, they're going to be all attracted to them. And you're like, no, dude, I didn't lose my sense of taste. I I'm just gay. <laughs> right. So he wrote, if you're a female... Do you mind if a male is in the changing room? If you mind, then I'm sure you can see why a straight male wouldn't want to be naked around a gay male. If you don't mind, where do you work out? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I, I get what he's trying to do there, but I don't think that that's a fair comparison. Because a like an actual one-to-one -one comparison to that scenario would be would I mind if a lesbian were in the changing room with me? 
-hmm. to which my response would be no. We have the same stuff. You know, just because someone is also attracted to women, I'm not going to assume that they're attracted to me just because I happen to be a woman. That's not how that works. And that's my point about gay men. Just because you're a man doesn't mean that every gay man gives a damn what's under your clothes. If you're going like straight male and gay male in the same changing room, the one-to-one comparison would be straight female lesbian. And no, I wouldn't mind. You wouldn't care. No, I don't even think about it. Right. Well, he says, uh, I told him I would ask you uh, on the show, and he said, thanks, love the podcast. Uh, well, no, and I appreciate, I get his point, and I appreciate what he's trying to say. Uh, I just don't think that's really a fair comparison. But even even with other men, like even if I'm around other men, I don't just assume that because, um, okay, for instance, you and Dan, you're both straight men. You are both attracted to women. Do I think that means that you're attracted to me because I'm a woman? No. Like, it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't work like that. You're not just automatically attracted to everything that fits that. Right. You know, but anyway, as for where I work out um, at home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have. have Well, you have a new dinner guest. (laughs) Old enough. (laughs) All right, well, that was, uh, thank you for the question. That was a great time, one of the best times I had doing this show in the nudie bar with you guys. So we didn't miss. So tune in next (laughs) week, though. (laughs) See what I did there? I see it. Tune in next week (laughs) as we review the final episode of Seven. Ooh. Peggy and the Pirates. While reading a romance novel, 2-7, Peg fantasizes... That she is a lady in distress, and Al is a pirate who saves her. Special guest star, David Garrison. Oh, yay! Woo! Boo! Oh, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Is she really reading the romance novel to seven? Uh, yeah. Wow. All right, then. I actually was expecting you to say that Fabio would be a special guest. (laughs) (laughs) And no, I would never pick Fabio. (laughs) Oh, man, you took all my material. (laughs) God, now what am I going to ask her? 